Welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are aspiring writers, but we never actually set the time to sit down and write. Mm-hmm. So, to solve that issue, we're setting a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story sent in by you wonderful listeners, and then we talk about it, and then we talk about what we learned while reading it. 100%. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media, media production. production. Um, I don't think you caught the stream last night, Jarvis. I did not, but can you catch me up on what happened? It was the, the Doof Club, the, the Doof Game Club stream on Disco Elysium, the one I've been talking about for like three months. Mm. Um, yeah, we, we, we did that, and I, it was really, really good. And I was on there, and we talked about it, and uh, it was a great time. So you should go check it out right now. Yeah, definitely. You should definitely. just have it playing in the background um, as we talk about the stories this week. Sure, sure. Hold on. <laughs> um yeah, it was, it was a good time. Uh, Disco Elysium is that, that wonderful story-based game uh, that you're a, de- a wild detective. You played the first uh, like hour or so of it, if yes, I remember correctly. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. basically a really well-done visual novel. Yeah. Well, I, I would say even more than that. But um, if you want to know the details about how that game works, uh, one, you should just play it. But if you want to hear a little bit more of a pitch, you can listen to the first, like, uh, like five ten minutes of of that stream where we were still spoiler free. After that, um, you should just go play it. But cool. it's so great. I'm guessing it was a stream. So y'all also played the game. No, no, no. Just talked like, about it. Yeah, no. We just we just talked about it, and there was a chat. And we answered questions from chat and stuff. So cool. cool. Uh, we also had clips from the from the game, including one of my favorites, um, which you might have seen when you first played. But I'm not gonna spoil it for people who haven't so um of course of course yeah, great, but great. where could we go to see uh these vods uh it's just on youtube it's um on the main doof uh channel i think um if you just search doof game club um disco Elysium, i'm absolutely certain it'll pop up right at the top so um yeah i really nice. recommend it it was a really good talk so cool i will listen to it as we are doing the edit and y'all listeners should also give it a little shot take a little chance take a little take a chance on me <laughs> take a i was gonna start singing it but then i couldn't actually quite remember the the tune i don't even know what song you're you're singing take it oh man no, take, a hint, take a hit take a no hit. From Victoria? Take a chance on me. It's a song by ABBA. By ABBA? Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. It's a great song. Yes, I, th- I think I know what you were... You were um, did you watch Mamma Mia? Talking about. Yes, I did. I've seen one and two. <laughs> the second one was horrible. Was it? Well, it just... It didn't have the same feeling as the first one. And also, the story itself got a lot more, a lot more convoluted. Because I think they, like, redconned. Some stuff from the first one, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the music was still good because I mean, Abba's still Abba, good. yeah, yeah. So, what a what an odd project! A whole musical using a a band's music. I, I mean, I guess that's the like same thing as the like um, ACDC movie. Mm, there, I didn't like know that. there was an ACDC movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's hold on. Let me let me make sure I'm saying this right. Is it ACDC? I'm um, looking at the comments of. Uh... The Take a Trance on Me uh, ABBA, ABBA music video. And why it's like half the comments are saying you can't just listen to one song of ABBA. And the next one is me, just one ABBA song before bed. Me two hours later. <laughs> why? <laughs> I, okay. You don't have to keep this in the podcast, by the way. The extended oh, ABBA I'm interlude. All of it. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it's the Pink Floyd movie. Oh, the wall. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that either. It's it's pretty decent. Is it, I mean, is it a Pink Floyd musical? I'm kind of. It's like a it's like a surreal type psychological drama film. Oh, it's, it's a very orange. kind. Of, it's very um, experimental, one hundred percent. But mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's nice. I mean, they they play the whole album, so I enjoyed it for that. Um, I don't know. I've I've never really watched a movie musical album cover movie, and like <laughs> have really been been for it to where it's like, oh, this is better than just listening to the album, right? Mm-hmm. 
sounds like a plan we should do that for a podcast we should just yeah. we should do a podcast where we uh where we just listen to an album and mostly in silence but occasionally extending some comments uh maybe mm-hmm. um but of course we can't actually play the music on the podcast because that would be copyright infringement so it's just the audio of yeah. us not talking well actually uh y'all so basically whoever is listening would have to like sync up with us oh uh, that's true you so we do that. start yeah. at the same time mm-hmm. um, it's a possibility um, <laughs> i don't I, know how fun that would be i don't know either uh one okay Let's last listen. last tangent before we actually do the podcast um mm-hmm. it's, it's speaking of like syncing up audio uh so there you know uh brian david gilbert I, i've probably showed you a couple of videos he did polygons unraveled series and stuff yes yeah so i think separately from polygon uh, he did a thing with his um sister and someone else might have been his brother or another person they did a stranger things i might have told you about it but they made a 40 minute youtube video where they take the first episode of stranger things and then they made a musical out of it so you play that video at the same time as you start watching it and the audio syncs up so it looks like the people on screen are singing uh instead of talking <laughs> that's that's hilarious yeah. it's it's not as good as i thought it would be Aww. but also it's that's something really difficult but it is very unique and fun i mean like so. is it is it good to to watch for it's, like it's enjoyable the, yeah the novelty of it or? yeah 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 that's okay. yeah it's just that that's the primary purpose over anything else yeah it's fun. Well, that's that's most of YouTube, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, all right, uh, let's get into the actual um, podcast. Yeah, what do we, what do, we do here? We, um, uh, yeah, we so, um, so like on this this podcast, we basically uh, issue this challenge each, <laughs> each week where we come up with four different words that our wonderful listeners have to uh, make a full short story within 30 minutes uh, over. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the words this week? Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's the words for uh, this week were champagne, clearance, suffer, and oven. Very mm-hmm. interesting words, but, but within the, these stories, they were definitely mixed in very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and alright so we'll go ahead and read the story and then we'll talk about that and then we'll talk about let's just submit the stories so the story we are going to be talking about this week is by Nipotin with chapter 13 uh, yeah so this is another one of Nipotin's entries into um, their series of sort of poetic little uh, interludes so this is a, a bit short but I also thought it was really um, it really fit with the theme that I want to do this month um So, yeah, and we'll get into that in just a bit. So, I'll go ahead and start. Mm -hmm. So, this is Nipotin's Chapter 13. We refuged into the bookstore to avoid the rain. Her flower-printed shirt was drizzle-damped. I did not wear the dress she said she liked because she said she liked it. We took a look around. I found my way into the theology section. St. Paul, the foundation of universalism. Someone asked if I needed help with anything. I said the gods ought to pray to us. After all, we named them. They left me alone. I saw her with her nose into something from the mystery section. I had already forgotten what we were arguing about before. She tucked the book under her arm. A clearance sale meant my arms were going to be sore. She tucked another. I couldn't say I liked her all that much. But I could suffer this life with her and the next if she'd let me. Later, we would go back home. I would try to get the oven working and cook us something and have champagne, and I'd then remember what it was we argued about and then bring it up again. She made this face when she got mad, and so I'd want to see it again. She saw me and smiled. You wouldn't know this freckle above her nose. I walked to get a closer look. All right, all right. So yeah, this is a really solid, uh, really short story. Um, it's, it's definitely very much so filled with this person's point of view, uh, and this and this character is is a mixture of like a pessimist, and he's also viewing his girlfriend in this very. I think it's a girl. Negative light. Oh, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like specifically said, but yeah, they they mention wearing dresses and stuff, but oh, okay, they, well, not hey. that that like. It's necessarily, you know, uh, one way or another, but I, yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know uh, I mean. yeah, I mean, 
either way, this the story is definitely really set in this main uh, character's head, and I do like how like how this isn't the traditional main main character, right? They're very pessimistic in a uh, they're very pessimistic in a sense, and they're also very they don't seem like a very fun person to be uh, <laughs> yeah. around. I mean, like uh, as soon as someone asks asks to like help. Um, they, they, they said, uh, gods, gods ought to pray to, to us. Right. So that, so this person definitely has some pretty strong views and they're, and they're also viewing their, um, their partner in a very negative light. So really, yeah, this, this, this story definitely creates this very con, this very complex character that, yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting to read about. Yeah, I, I did find that um really interesting where I, I'm I'm still questioning about how healthy this relationship might be. Yeah. And I'm going back and forth because I think it is valid if like if both people are consenting and like a relationship where they just argue all the time. Like, I mean, I I can imagine some enjoyment out of arguing with someone all the time, right? Yeah, um, sure. Like if it's not actually like anger but you get some enjoyment out of out of that sort of thing and out of the enjoyment of like annoying i mean every almost everyone enjoys annoying other people sometimes right Mm -hmm. um and so this is just a like maybe an extreme version of that so i think it's like interesting that it it sparks that thought and wondering in my head about uh how much of this can be okay obviously I, i i think like in the end you can't actually determine um the the health of this relationship just off of this little you know bit of information um you would need to know a lot more but um it's interesting i have just like a different perspective on relationships because you're like clearly these people like hate each other at least this person hates their their partner maybe it's just like that's how they that's how they love them and at the very end you know we have that that freckle um that only they notice i think that's definitely like a sign that they really do love and, and care about this person um whether it's expressed in in you know a really good way is a different question but it they do love them yeah i mean really within this relationship this seems like there isn't there's a lot of give and take you know there's there's the freckles that this main character notices but but they also aren't too fond of of this other person but they are fine with settling yeah uh it just seems that both of these of these characters are willing to settle in a sense, I don't, and well, I don't know if the word "settle" would be, it, like it seems like with the line "this life and the next," right? Doesn't seem like it's settling. It seems like actually, I want to be with this person for with, I want to be with this person forever. Not yeah, just, but it's but it's also suffering this. Well, this life. but I I think that's sort of like a sarcastic kind of thing of like actually they really enjoy whatever the suffering is. They enjoy the arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, they forgot about what the argument was about, and they just want to bring it up later because they like seeing her face <laughs> all mad. <laughs> so. Yeah. Even though they do argue, it seems that their arguments are for the right reasons, if, if that makes sense. Because I don't they, even know if, like, it, it seems I, like the argument is for frivolous reasons, but, like, it's frivolous and they know it, and that's part of why they they're saying, yeah. yeah. And maybe it's not even both. It's, it could just be this main character. I don't know. We, True, we don't really because, get much of the, we're, her perspective. we're never really but. in the other person's head, yeah. yeah. I mean, they could truthfully hate hate this this um, other person and doesn't want to spend this this life and the next with them, but throughout all this they do still have a very strong sense of this sort of uh, closeness mm-hmm. so i mean really overall this this piece is really well well written because we can pull so many different things out of it and really um sort of construct how this main character is thinking and like why they are really thinking that so yeah there is a, a really deep depth when it comes to the story um especially for it being so so short so honestly great great job and i mean i can i can tell that that this style of um writing just keeps getting better every chapter that we see and and it's really getting honed down to uh what it is at its core which is this sort of like this sort of like poetic um emotional display right Mm -hmm. yeah um what i so while i was reading it i I stumbled a couple times and accidentally put in words in the wrong place and oftentimes Mm -hmm. like when i read other stories I sometimes do that and it may even be like a like a better phrasing just because like 
by saying it out loud, I'm kind of autocorrecting a little bit sometimes, even unintentionally. But in this one, I think um, Nipotin probably puts a lot of time into polishing up every sentence. Mm -hmm. And um, like a a practice that I I, um, did a lot in my creative writing course um, that was not like something, and, and whenever I write an essay, it was not something that like I did intentionally, but what would happen is I would write um, my story or my, my essay and I would find that I was like 2000 words over how, how much it's supposed to be. Right. <laughs> and so I would have to like rigorously cut down um, the words I did have uh, and, and consolidate. And so every single sentence became like the shortest in the fewest amount of words to like get that meaning across. Mm-hmm. And I think it really did a lot to improve my writing for those specific pieces anyway just because only the essentials were there and um it it, yeah it just made everything flow a lot better and i paid a lot more attention to my writing because i yeah i couldn't afford to waste lines if i wanted to tell this particular story Mm -hmm. um and i think that's probably something involved with with how nipotin's writing this is um i don't know if that's how they wrote this you know write a longer piece and then go back um but it's very clear that every single sentence is just like the yeah the the, the pure essentials um mm-hmm. i said the gods ought to pray to us after all we named them they left me alone right these short little um bits there's really like I, I, other phrasings would be extra. Yeah. yeah um then i said that the gods uh ought to pray for us uh because after all we named them like obviously i'm just adding in a couple extra words but like there are other phrasings that would have taken longer and also wouldn't have hit as hard. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's something that uh, definitely we can learn from Nipton's piece of, of just the value of that brevity and of mm-hmm. paying attention to each sentence and, and word choice like that. Yeah, definitely. Keeping it concise, uh, thinking postmodern, you know? Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I mean, overall, this is a really strong piece. I mean, really, really great, great style. Um and honestly, I'm in like awe as like how quickly we, we can get to those e- emotions, how quickly we can we can understand what is going on without us even doing any of the like typical setting up of like what of like what time of day it is or like or like how the like the air feels. We're, we're just right in. We are we are we are we are in a bookstore. We are looking at books. This person comes up and then this happens and then, and then this happens. So, yeah, it's, it's very streamlined which makes mm-hmm. for a very concise and uh in and uh impactful piece yeah. so yeah nipotin um in uh, a comment actually mentions uh cormac mccarthy which is in he, mm. he's kind of known for this kind of um uh brevity in his writing um i don't think yeah. nipotin mentions him in that context but it's interesting that um they bring up that example uh which is yeah so it's clear that that's that's the sort of thing that they do pay attention to or at least that's where they get their influence from honestly all uh they would have to do is just uh, get rid of all of this uh, punctuation <laughs> and it's just cormac straight up who needs a punctuation <laughs> i i need a punctuation i like punctuation there's nothing like putting a comma in where it, it needs to be mm, mm-hmm. good stuff i i love putting it where it doesn't need to be just mm. just so that when people are are reading it they do take a break there, creating a whole new flow for the overall story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> of course, you've told me numerous times. Yeah, it's interesting that the, the, the more that I start paying attention to grammar and stuff, the more I, like, like it. <laughs> like, yeah. the more that I, I, I corrected myself, the more I think less that, oh, it's just a proper way to do it, and more that, like, it needs to be written this way to to, like communicate things um and to communicate language the, the right way which is very interesting because I, I used to have the perspective very much of like ugh, it's so stupid that people care so much about you know commas and semicolons and stuff like just let me put it wherever i i, I want to pause right but there's different mm-hmm. kinds of pauses and yeah. also like and where a comma is um effects and all yeah that. exactly so um but that's sort of a tangent but so uh, let's let's get into talking about what the um, the theme that we'll 
be doing for this month is, and I'm not entirely sure if we'll always stick it right here. Um, it, we probably will, but you know, it might for other months where like the story that we're talking about doesn't necessarily uh, tie directly into the theme of that m- of that month because the mm-hmm. first story of a month is not going to know what the theme is, right? We might stick it closer to the 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 word section. So, but the the theme that I want to do this month is villains, right? Um, so obviously this this kind of fits in, um, particularly with a well to take a step back. So villains, right, are most commonly like the antagonist of uh, a story guy. yeah the bad guy right I, and i think actually the goon with the gun bad guy is probably even more fitting than antagonist because a, a villain can be a, a protagonist like in this story mm-hmm. actually um this is like a kind of a villainous you know bad character um but they're clearly like we're in their head we're sort of understanding why they are you know mean and rude and such yeah, so this story does, I think, really well carrying across that that notion of of a sympathetic villain, and I think that's another thing that you you can do. So for for the stories for this month, um, you don't have to, uh, but consider writing each story uh, this month, or at least one, um, focusing on a villain. Um, either uh, I, I think we'll we might focus on a different aspect of villainy uh, each week. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to, f- you want to focus on for this week? Maybe uh, I'm thinking maybe sympathetic villainy just because that's what's in the story, but yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I think the most important thing about a villain is the just, is the justification for their villainy. You know, no mm. one wakes up wanting to be evil. Uh, well, sometimes, you know, well, I mean, sometimes, but, typically when we do see it sure. it's it's mostly the ends justifying the the means right so yeah i think the i think yeah for for this week i think the most important thing is yeah that sympathetic that sympathetic villainy you know that 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 bad way of of going uh, about things but it's but it's understandable as to how someone could view any sort of situation that way you know yeah um, and that gets pretty complicated sometimes because it's like, you don't actually want to come across as if you are advocating what that perspective is, right? Like you could write, um, a really sexist character, right? And maybe in that character's head, it's not just like entitlement. It's also like maybe they were hurt or something and mm-hmm. now they blame an entire gender. Um, and obviously that's really wrong. And the difficulty I think is like conveying, through that narration the flaws of that sort of thinking while also conveying of how like easy it is to maybe slip into that right Mm -hmm. um how do we make bad people not actually bad but also bad right it's complicated Mm so um i think it's definitely uh worth experimenting with um and i hope that y'all have practice with this i was just thinking about the the pure evil villains and and we'll focus on that a different week i was just thinking about turning some of those pure evil villains into like good people i know people do like Mm -hmm. satan like all the time but like uh uh, sauron in lord of the rings is like the is is an excellent (laughs) example of just like a pure evil evil character and so i'm just thinking like what if you just you took him and you made him a super sympathetic villain and you're like oh yeah he's actually just he's taking over the world of the orcs um because the orcs deserve space to live which uh is like yes really valid but also if you read the books the the orcs are just they're just bad yeah Um, they they literally kill each other for just land and stuff like well that sounds like humans but yes see orcs (laughs) are the the humans of middle earth okay and And what are the humans humans, the humans are um angels okay i was gonna say the humans are the elves and then the elves (laughs) are the angels and what are the angels elves and lord of the rings are just ridiculously like perfect like they can run faster. They have like rage <clears throat> powers sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about a uh, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. It's a great game. I'm, it's a I've very been good game. Through that game, because I, because mm. I've, because I've never really played it, right? Mm-hmm. And it is fantastic. But yeah. I hate yeah. it because I died on the very first orc that I went up against. And now he's your nemesis. Yes, but I. Oh, it's so good. I, I love that. I I killed him very easily later. Okay. Yeah, well, that's but... well. There you go. You got your re- revenge. No, yeah, yeah that, that game's great. I, I I love that game. Um, mm-hmm. I 
definitely a little flawed in some places. Gets a bit samey, but other than that, it's great. Yeah. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. I, I I've been reading Lord of the Rings, which is why it's on my mind. But um, villains. That's the theme for the month. <laughs> but all right, that is the themes for this week. Let's head into the listener submitted story section, um, where we talk about stories other than the one that we read on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much to everyone who did submit your story this this week. Uh, it does the hard good to see that we got stories every single last week. So thank you very much to Ace of Swords, Sarah Penguin, Nippotin, Paradox, and Jarby Jazz. Uh, that's right. Uh, let's mm-hmm. get into the first one. Yeah, and the first story we are going to be talking about this week is by Ace of Sword with If You Want Blood. So I want to say right as we get into it, I actually got very confused. I just read something. It's not the fault of the story. Um, but, uh, well, okay, I'll summarize it and then I'll, I'll say what the confusion was. So yeah. uh, this is on that series of stories about that woman with the um, ability to, to pick up any weapon and... and dance with it right Mm -hmm. and to um like just (laughs) go on a slaughter with it and become an expert in whatever weapon she picks up um and so she's in this uh, dance club called hell's oven uh and it's all like red and she has a sword and um basically it's just a a big um combat section um with people being shocked that there's (laughs) being bloody sword murder in a club uh, before one of the other hunters, uh, the bounty hunters that we saw in one of the other scenes, um, starts uh, trying to capture her, basically. Um, so it's cool. It's a ni- nice little setup. And obviously we have that that whole thing with the the, the sword dancing, which is fun. Um, I got extremely confused because I saw Hell's Oven, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw Susan, except I didn't read Susan. I read Satan. And so I thought that we were like a, in a club in hell, right? <laughs> like, a, you know, because people write that and that Satan was here. And then I got really confused because I was like, where the hell did Satan go? And why are people worried about murder? It's hell. Yeah, it's where murder happens. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I spent a while confused. But that's that's not the fault of the story. That's because I read Susan as Satan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall, yeah, this is a really solid story. Um, I, I just really like how this series just continues to build on, on top of itself, you know, and, and how we keep going deeper into this main character, you know, possibly where they got this, this training or, like, where they sort of hone their um, skills. And... And I do like a, a lot of the description here, you know, it's, it's really setting up this sort of club really, really well. Um, I, I like how, like, as, as soon as we, as we get into this, to this club, we talk about how it feels. We talk about the, like, the, like, VIP area on every floor. So this is a very high, high-end club. Um um, my main thing, uh, I, I was, I, besides the Satan thing, I was a little confused, I think just because I don't have a grasp on why Susan is killing people in this club, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the last one, it was fine because it was like, oh, these people are after her. And I, I, I sort of presume that's what's going on in here, but um, I definitely, I think a little bit more context might have helped, uh, particularly because I started the story and I didn't remember um, the other entries in it. So having a little bit more, um, maybe some narration about what she's doing here, why she's like glad to be fighting these people. Um, I mean, even the line of like, you know, they wanted to hunt her, they would have to catch her first or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing would be enough to set up enough of a um, motivation and narration and context for, for this sort of thing. So um, yeah, yeah, that would be my advice for that. Yeah, when um, when like I was uh, reading it, I like... I also did have those on questions, but I, but I kind of like, I kind of like chalked it it up to it being like a John Wick scene, you know, mm-hmm. fighting and 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 action. That's kind of kind of justified, but it just looks cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think um, definitely adding in those those bits will just fill out this this story. You know, I think the most important thing for a story like this is is that um in tension you know what is the was the character really want from from this you know and and that will then in turn justify whatever action you you do have the main 
the the main character doing. Um, but yeah, overall, really, really great story, Ace of Sword. Mm-hmm. And up next is by Sarah Penguin with Baking. <laughs> I love I love your pause there, which is sort of builds it up and it's baking. That's great. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, this is a this is a wonderful little story where uh, this girl Natalie is baking as the song uh, plays. It's sort of a party song, but um, the lines in the middle are particularly with the ending in mind uh, recontextualized. Um, uh, the lines are two repetitions of each phrase, uh, promise you won't break my heart, and that will be a start, um, which is a nice, I, I always love that a sort of um, trope to, to put in. I think it's a really useful one. But So she's baking, um, it's, she's really messy about it, <laughs> and we sort of are endeared to her in that way. Um, when her mom comes out and asks her if she's baking, um, and her mother is like very emotional seeing Nat uh, baking because... Um, this is the first time that she's done stuff after um, her father died. And um, it's just like a nice emotional moment for the two of them as they decide to uh, continue baking together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is just a really nice, nice moment that we see. Um, I really do like how um, this main character is very messy with like with like how they are baking, how they are how they are double checking, making sure that they have everything and it really does uh re remind me of just you know baking and the like um and the, like act of cooking uh but then as as soon as the uh, mother come comes in this this story really does hit hit this moment to where we see oh that's why this this moment is so much more sig significant than than just someone baking it's 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 showing like oh they are able to move on. They they're able to sort of move move past this this loss. And I think it's it's honestly handled really well. This this story is short. It doesn't it doesn't overstay. It's um it's a welcome and it gets you right to that em to that emotional impact. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall this is just a really strong story that seems to know exactly what it wants to to tell us. And I mm-hmm. really love it. And I really love it for that. Um my uh, the the main thing I would say is that I, I really love this moment. I think it would be very improved if it was made a little subtler. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, th- I think, you know, carrying across the, that information of it's because it's, you know, it's been so long um, of uh, such a dark time after their father passed. I think that's excellent. Uh, but I think making that a sort of realization that we connect ourselves rather than spelled out, I think really makes the uh, emotional impact hit so something like um rather than um you haven't it's nice this is the first time you've baked since um your dad passed right um changing that to you haven't baked since you know dot 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 right and then natalie replies yeah since dad right um even that that that's still like very not subtle but like that i think does change it from like a a statement of what you know uh, of reality you haven't baked while singing since your dad passed and that's why i'm upset to this emotional moment of like sort of admitting what the moment is actually about you know Mm, um so i yeah making it a little subtler or holding off on the information of making it you know clear while also just not telling it outright i think is would really bring it out another way would be um, you haven't baked since, um, or, or why are you baking? Um, you know, dad always liked them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, saying him in the, the past tense, I think, um, would be good. So yeah. just some examples. And I think that would really, really strengthen this sort of piece. Yeah, definitely. I, I know, um, when like someone passed, passed in uh, my family, uh, talking about them was definitely a sort of uh, taboo, you know, because it does mm-hmm. bring up those e- emotions. So, yeah, I think it, yeah, it's a great su- suggestion to make it a bit more subtle. Maybe, you know, as you said, in instead of saying what is happening out outright, uh, bring it back down to a deeper sense of reality, right? But, I mean, overall, sure. really, really great story. Um, and thank you very much. And up next is by Paradox with Setting the Stage. So this is another um, 
continuation of some some prior entries. Um, in this one, Eleanor is sort of this uh, self, um, sort of a narcissistic genius. I wouldn't say like narcissistic, but like definitely like thinks a lot of herself. Um, she's waiting in this field. Um, we get some more. Um, we, we get a lot of her characterization all the way through when uh, three people show up that she's been having to wait for. Um, this one girl that looks very like nervous and this other boy in like a hoodie and then um this immaculately dressed 12 year old right so these are actually all kids which we only realized about part of the way through um and we get some information what's been going on which is that this immaculately dressed uh uh, 12 year old um he can see the future and he's basically become like world famous because of it and now there's like super powered people uh, showing up everywhere and this person this kid wants to put together a team a, you know classic uh put together the superhero team uh so that the world will not be so afraid of them and mm-hmm. there's also a little bit of hint in the future about how um he basically sees the future of the the two disheveled the the, the non-main perspective uh kids that they're going to get together one day um and that it won't turn out well but not like terribly um but there's something with superpowers and and genetics that they will allow people to discover, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's a really interesting story. I really like the perspective of Eleanor and this other person's. How do they they sort of um, they mesh together? And it seems a sort of a parallel of these other lovebirds that have like a crush, but it's like they they clearly relate on a more intellectual level. Uh, Eleanor and um, yeah, the the precognitive kid mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean i uh, i really do like stories like like this i mean this is giving me heavy x-men vibes you know sort of getting to together in this sort of superpower group for the like greater good right um but i do think that the perspective of eleanor it works works really well with, within this story i mean it's, it starts off in, with this sort of sense of mystery you know why why is she here? You know, what is the purpose? What is the reason? Um, why don't they like nature? You know, and um, I think in the beginning is, is, when, is where we get the, the biggest bits about who Eleanor is um, be, before a lot of these other characters start, start, start to show up. But then, you know, as, as soon as the like, whole group gets there, we do get this, this really strong die dynamic between people, you know? And I think it's handled really well how all of, all of these people are like, either not totally for it or like, are for it. You know, there is a really wide, wide range of um, different people's intentions put into this story. So, I mean, overall, I, I think that, you know, this is a really strong story. It's um, very well, well balanced. And, you know, I can tell that this is that this is setting up for a much larger story. So overall, I, I really liked reading it. Great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is the final story that we're covering this week? Yes. So the final story for this week is by Jarby Jass with The Trudge Through the Dark. So this is a continuation off of those series of stories about the flesh crafters and stuff. So this is the next entry in that where the main character, Miss Coral, um, I forget her. Her first name's like Este or something. Este? Este? Something? So there's been the E? I don't remember. Anyway, Miss <laughs> um, Coral and Captain Harris are going down to these tunnels to track down where the flesh crafter is. And uh, they're going down there and we sort of get some, you know, uh, ambiance building of this sort of creepy sewers and stuff and they discover that on the walls there's this sort of like orange mold growing everywhere and uh, after some investigation uh, Miss Coral sort of explains to Captain Harris what's going on here that this is mold growing on body fat right and normally flesh crafters with their science and everything make it so molds can't grow on them but this is something different than a normal flesh crafter um something cruder but older um there's not science it's actually magic and it's um i love how there's another uh spooky word other than flesh crafting uh there's grave calling so this is like more um probably more of your classic necromancy kind of stuff and so basically the the plot thickens as they uh investigate further in 
this big new cruder mystery yeah definitely i mean i i think the story is like really cool you know it's 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 really deepening this this sort of world world building um i like i I like really do love the um moments with this sort of like orange mold and like like how it's it's not growing in a circle but it's growing in in like a sort of like branch like vein vein like way I, i just think that that's a really cool um point that this um story makes but Overall, honestly, it's it's just a really strong piece. Um, we are getting so much more from this like main character. We we are seeing them excited even even in this dire moment. And uh, I think them and then the other character have a really nice back and forth. It's you know similar to that like goofy man straight man dynamic, but but the lines aren't really solidly drawn. You know, to where both of these people feel sort of real and you know you can understand why both of them want to get to the bottom of of this case so i mean overall it's it's just a really nice entry that that sort of deepens this um uh, this uh, world building and gives us these really great moments so really great job jarby jazz uh yeah um I I'm enjoying this. I, you know, I always love biomagic sort of stuff. So I'm excited to see where this goes. And also the um, mold growing on body fat that's dripping off the walls was definitely very gross. So congrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Deliciously gross. Well, all right. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted your story this week. It was fantastic reading through them and talking about them. So we would like to just give a big old do the right thing. Thank you to everyone who did submit their story. So. Thank you very much to Ace with Sword. Thank you to Sarah Penguin. Thank you to Nipotip. Thank you, Paradox. And thank you to Jarby Jazz. And we will also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's story can compile all of your ideas on your own story as to where everyone can see it. But also you are you are providing someone else with crucial feedback that can only make them and you a better writer. So mm-hmm. Thank you so much to Ace of Sword, Jarby Jazz, and Sarah Penguin. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, um, always really appreciate seeing the the back and forth in the comments section. Mm-hmm. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going on Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words if you want to see the words as soon as they come out the best way to do that is to follow us on twitter at right thing cast you can always also uh, send us an email at right at gmail.com just to say hi or um just to tell us whatever you want and if you want to support us and everyone else in doof media you can you can do that by donating to the doof media patreon all you have to do is donate ten dollars or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, including the latest episode of Doof Over. Uh, that's right. We should probably get on doing that again. Yeah, we should probably make one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at Doof Media, of course, there's always uh, so many things going on. Uh, Kingslingers is continuing to go on. I think they, they covered most of the Dark Tower and they're continuing on to other um, books in um, uh, other Stephen King books. Um, they also had a, a bonus content show called Other Levels of the Tower, where they, they cover um, some other Stephen King books that are totally, you know, that don't have anything to do with um, with uh, the Target Tower series. Um, I'm really excited to hear to the next um, installment of uh, The High Ground, which is Ruben and Elliot's really funny show uh, with um, Elliot's sister. Uh, where they talk about Star Wars and other uh, bad movies, basically. Um, so it's been really enjoyable watching those. Um, also, the the game club is is doing some changes as well. They're really exciting. Um, I think basically there's going to be a lot more emphasis going forward, and there, there always has been emphasis, but more official emphasis on the community aspect mm-hmm. of the game club, of everyone you know sh- sharing streams and talking about playing it. And all sorts of things, um, which was really fun during Disco Elysium. But of course, there was a problem of like, you know, it being so story based, it's kind of hard to talk if people haven't finished it. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, but uh, the next game that they're doing for this next month is Doom. So that's going to be fun to to watch people play. Um, Have you ever seen a, a Doom speedrun? Jarvis, yes, yes, it's so cool. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And they're they're like spinning 
and like yeah it's, it's they're so flying awesome. around oh it's have wonderful have you seen doom 2 speed run i have not is even that... faster oh okay <laughs> i I, I forgot that it was uh the new doom 2 i thought you meant like the original oh doom the og 2. oh no yeah. I, I yeah I is there a doom 2 i don't know yeah there was pretty sure well, there was I, four like, dooms i wasn't sure if they were named doom 2 or like something else but mm they they might i don't know Maybe. but uh so yeah that's that's really exciting to um you know it's, it's watch people play this this aggressive game um <laughs> and for game. them to talk about we haven't ever covered a first person shooter in um the game club so i'm excited to see what um insights we can glean from it and stuff yeah the um the um game club should just do cyberpunk the new one yes. why cyberpunk 2077 does it do anything unique uh, yeah it's like it, what it made it made headlines for being a broken game but um uh, you can make a girl with a penis which is yeah also you know it's, wow it, it's, it's the a future. solid story it is ambitious and there's always something to do i am i am what they call a cyberpunk apologist uh, that's terrible <laughs> it's really bad you should stop doing that i'm gonna send you that meme again that i have <laughs> which me okay well so it's it's from a comic uh which is about a, a trans girl mm. um and there's this there's a part in it where uh the trans girl has sex with a, a, a cis boy and it's like you know a very vulnerable moment where you know she shows herself and she's very nervous about that um which yeah it's an extremely nervous moment but so this uh, edit of the meme has that scene and she's like so this is me. And then the cis boy says, wow, it's just like in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is, is great because it's, you know, commentary of like, oh, yeah, they're being so progressive uh, and they're doing so much good by making it so you can make your feminine gendered body uh, character have a big penis. Like, like yeah or a small but also penis. it's on. still not like yeah yeah well you know what people are gonna do yeah. but um <laughs> you also like you you can't actually pick what your pronouns are you, your pronouns are based off of what your voice is mm -hmm. so it's like I don't, it's 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 something but it's not like yeah it's it's not you know. all the it's, the way there it and also most of the advertisements were like super sexual when it came to that thing you mm -hmm. know like it's not actually like for trans people you know that's why i keep saying make a girl with a penis because that's what it's actually about it's not actually about making a, a trans person in that game it's just about ooh future sexy stuff you can have yeah you know what i mean yeah so i mean, I mean honestly the, the whole game is just horny so yeah so um sexualizing an entire uh group is never really good so mm -hmm. Never go. Hey, take it from me. Sexualizing a whole group is not good. Yeah, it's really gross. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but all right, on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into what the um, oh one other thing on the the Discord now, uh, which is is free for everyone to join. Uh, there's also now a role that you can take to get pinged. Um, I think. I've set it for every Thursday at noon Central Standard Time to be pinged for a reminder, so you can go and take that. Um, also, if you really think like a different time or day might be better, uh, leave a comment on um, this episode or send us an email or, or join us in the Discord and just say so in the channel. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll consider changing it because that was just a random time and date I, I decided. But, um, yeah, let's... Uh, so so keeping in mind that the, the, the theme for... Uh, this next month, the next four weeks of, of episodes um, is going to be about villains. Uh, what are the words uh, for this week? Mm -hmm. So the words for this week are show, persist, band, and helmet. I, I already have three stories in my... Okay. Uh, tell me one of them. Yes. Tell me your shortest one, Jarvis. Uh, yeah, my, my shortest story. Uh, <laughs> it is a battle of the band competition... Okay, uh, but everyone in the band is wearing a a a football helmet, and um, they are called the Longbackers. Okay, and they are very persistent in making their really bad Midwest emo music. Okay, oh, is is that the whole thing? Yeah. It's the, it's wow, the that's story. excellent. Wow, that was that, that was good job. 
That Thank was you. one of the shortest stories you've done. I loved it. And I'm not good with short. <laughs> uh, I well, actually, so before I tell my story, I, the the word helmet reminds me of you know what I'm gonna for for my story. I'm just gonna tell you a story that I read. Okay, okay, okay it's okay. a story I hate. It's the original gothic story. It's the first gothic story ever. Uh, at least the, the first official one in that genre, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called The Castle of Otranto. I hated it you hated so much. It? Yeah, it's what? it's really stupid. It opens, it opens, okay? It, it, it's like medieval Europe, okay? And all the, like, the, the there's supposed to be this marriage happening between these two noble families, right? And the, the father of the bride uh, goes outside to find that her... Uh, his uh, daughter's uh, fiance has been crushed by a giant helmet. Like I'm talking, like mm-hmm. a, a a house-sized helmet has crushed him. Oh. He's dead under the helmet. I I read that and I was so confused. But that's mm-hmm. that's what happened. Is this giant? There there is no giant actually. It's just the giant helmet, which apparently fell from the sky and crushed him. It's uh, so it just showed up. It just showed up and killed him. And then a bunch of stuff happens where he's trying to like have sex with the fiance's sister or something Uh and it's a big old mess so and just like ghosts and stuff uh but he he persists through all of that stuff and then i think he gets killed which is really just the brand of gothic stories so there we go i use all the words there we go uh it's a really bad story (laughs) and read it if you want to if you want to know the history of it but i i hated it so i think the only place to ever read that story is in your 10th grade English class. I read it for um, uh, world literature because it was a, you know, it's British literature, but mm. um, in college. Yeah. Yeah. In college. Oh. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a hard read. I mean, not hard, but like it's just thick. Yeah. And also the, it, this was before the invention of paragraphs. Oh, no. So just and also the book before the invention of of quotation marks, too. So. <laughs> oh no okay there's no quotation marks there's no paragraphs it's just one solid block of text all the way through mm. delicious see Despicable. that is that is that is what we we call pre-modern <laughs> well it, i mean it is worthy of analysis the, there's there's stuff in there the, the giant is actually kind of a metaphor for like the the domination of the past and like someone's father being so much greater than them and never living up to the expectation and stuff but yeah. i still hate it so screw <laughs> off with your analysis um but oh yes yeah, so that's that's it that's the episode yeah <laughs> we, we did our story things that's the end of the episode yeah so um, please go and read the castle of of a Toronto because that's is not the right thing to do, do. don't do it actually do the, do don't do right it job. don't do it don't, don't do the right thing. Don't do the right thing. Don't do the right thing and don't read it.